Oh, there Am we I go. disappointed that you only have one pair of glasses on? I yes. Oh, hold on. I knew that was the first thing. The other I always have it right here. Hold on. Oh, no. Of course, I don't have any right away, but let me give me two no, seconds. I mean, don't worry about it. No, it is my signature. Um, is it really? I was wondering where that came from. Well, so good. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you could really call it my signature, but I feel like a lot of people would say Meryl wears double glasses because it started when my glasses weren't strong enough. Um, first of all, I'm. Uh, I'm farsighted and nearsighted, so I might as well be blind, but, um, (laughs) hi. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I just, uh, so for a while, in order to see you on Zoom, I had to have two pairs of glasses, Uh, but these are, these are working. These are okay for right now. I went, I picked up my son from school today and the, another dad that was getting a kid at school, we like said hello to each other. And he was wearing not one, but two glasses. He had seeing glasses on and then sunglasses on top of those. I do that all and, the time. And he's a pretty like cool dude. He's a former professional basketball player. He's very tall. He dresses really That's well. A cool dude move. And I, I looked at him and I was like. I started that trend. I was like, <laughs> wow. Is it just because now I'm seeing it everywhere? Because you know, when you see something for the first time and then you see it everywhere like that, exactly. When I'm walking my dogs. That's exactly how, like, that's how he had it. I can't, I can't actually see with these alone because they're not prescription, you know? Right. And getting prescription sunglasses is a serious commitment because you will lose that. I need to do it. I need to do it. I I, need to My husband, my husband pulled the trigger on that. I did it once. There are a hundred and something bucks at Warby Harvey. And then you lost him. Lost him. It's called Warby Borby. episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We have with us a super duper hilarious, warm, wonderful, talented guest. We have with us comedian, comic, actor, writer, um, many other things, uh, expert wearer of many glasses, Meryl Davis, uh, who I had the amazing opportunity to meet because she was one of the actors in Gay Haircut, the hilarious film that was at South by Southwest. You may remember from our previous episode where we got to interview Jude Harris and Krista Fatka, the uh, director and writer star and the the team behind that. And Meryl has, I wouldn't say a show stealing role because I think everyone steals that whole show, but Meryl's one of the first characters you're introduced to in that film. And you can't help but immediately say, I want to know more about that person. And then I was lucky enough to be standing outside one of the movie theaters and Meryl was hanging out with Krista and Jude. And I feel like we became buddies, Meryl, mm-hmm. right away. We did. Uh, and I said something Jewish. And then Meryl made that <laughs> one of those all-knowing, like, things that you know only Jewish people get. I don't exactly remember. It was like a Hebrew school joke or something. Mm-hmm. And and I immediately walked away from that saying, Meryl has to meet my real-life sisters, Becky and Lily. 
So Meryl, welcome to the family. Welcome to Friday. I'm Night so Movie. honored. Really, I am. This is so awesome. Thank you for having me. And what a great introduction. And uh, this is, I mean, we're, we're thrilled. You're so fun to hang out with. Um, so let's start with, let's start with comedy. Lily, Becky, and I love comedy. And I would say we've spent like a disproportionate amount talking to women in comedy over the last, like when we've talked to people about comedy, I feel like a lot of our guests are women in comedy. Um, is that right? Becky and Lily, you're giving me yeah. weird looks. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, for sure. You're like going through all of our, I'm like, I, I just don't have know. a very expressive face. Uh, um, <laughs> and I have very funny daughters. I have extremely funny daughters. I think one of them might end up in comedy. Uh, and I'm so curious how you found your way to the world of being funny, which I would argue is a thousand times harder than any kind of dramatic acting because nailing a joke seems to be just one of the hardest things to do in the universe. So uh, I was at Sweetbriar College in Virginia and uh, I wanted I wanted to be an actor from very, very young. I just felt it, you know, I mean, when people say that you're like, really? And I never really, I always think that's like a, you know what I mean? It's like when people Cliche. go, they're like, oh, you must like, family, and you're like, you don't have a perfect family. Or when people say like, <laughs> oh, I knew since I was four, but I did, I knew, I don't know what it was. I just knew I was going to do something I don't know, big. And so, I mean, if you can call this big, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, you, you're on our podcast. It's pretty but big. yeah, no, no, I didn't mean the podcast. It's big. Actually, I can't even say it's big with our parents. They'll, they'll watch, they'll, they'll watch, they'll listen to it like weeks later and then get super mad at us oh for all God, the things we say about hilarious. them. Well, I, so I, uh, audition for a play and I didn't think I'd get in. This is my senior year there. Um, but I'd been a history major because my parents and my grandparents were like, we have too many medical people in our family. So we need an attorney. <laughs> and, uh, they didn't care what I wanted to do. It was not important. So, um, <laughs> ow, I just hit my, <laughs> that's cause uh, my we dad talk with our like, hands. <laughs> yeah, I do. I talk with my whole body. Um, so anyway, I got I got in the play and I played uh, in Wendy Wasserstein's um, the the Chronicles, the Heidi Chronicles. I played uh, a lesbian physicist. And I totally uh, for a second thought you meant like Shirley Temple's Heidi, and I <laughs> and I don't remember <laughs> the lesbian physicist. In so Heidi. funny! That's so funny. Well. I played her in a lot of ways. I played her uh, just closer to how I am, which is, you know, I'm super neurotic and um, and anxious too. And I I did dress like a very butchy uh, lesbian, but then I also incorporated that she's super smart and that she's very uncomfortable in um, group settings. And a lot of the scenes are taken. Are, are are written that you're in this group, women's group uh, of feminists, and you know they'd be considered feminazis today. Oh, I shouldn't even say that word because I don't like that word. Anyway, um, we understand what you mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. After yes. I said that, I was like, okay, we're four Jews. <laughs> I, I feel like if N-word. anyone can, I if anybody like can say it, it's say, probably can mess around with the Nazis. It's us. Okay. Okay. Um, 
but anyway, I I got laughs at almost every line I said. And I think that was the moment that I knew I'd been funny in my family. I was always the butt of the joke. And I had like a Betty White thing going where everybody made fun of me. Um, and my sister was the funny one. And so I would copy stuff she'd say. And my dad would say, get your own material. And he had no idea that I was going to end up doing this. Um, and then I'd get really mad and he'd be like, save it for the stage. So I, he must have, he must have really- I, I have to say, oh. I will give my kids a hard time sometimes. Like yeah. if the, like, not that I know anything about comedy, but sometimes I'll be like, you know, timing. That wasn't, if you, if you'd just done it a few minutes later or earlier, it would have been funny. Or, <laughs> you know, you went back to the fart joke. Well, one too many times. Funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I think your, your kids do like a good fart joke though. So- <laughs> I mean, farts, especially for kids, are funny, you know? That's not really my cup of tea in terms no, you're, of No, you're, you're like super intelligent. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks. Comedy. I mean, you know, just not into scategorical, scatological. You're like, you're really <laughs> intelligent. And I'm like, scategorical? Um, <laughs> That's a fun game. Later. Yeah, exactly. So I, anyway, I, I realized that I was funny and I had gotten in the play and that gave me a sense of confidence. And then I, my parents were adamant that I go into law. So I just kind of kept appeasing them. And I stayed in the closet as uh, someone who really wanted to be an actor. And the comedy didn't come until later because well, basically, I moved to Austin, Texas, because I was obsessed with um, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zelliger because they were doing a lot of independent films there. And so I had this plan that if I moved there and told my parents I'm going to go to UT and study law, um, but, you know, meanwhile, I have this plan that I'm going to be doing independent movies and I'll get into movies and then they'll forget about it, you know. Um, so I took two semesters at a different school called St. Edwards. They had a good theater program and I took two semesters there. And then I met this not great boyfriend, but he had plays going on that he cast me in and then he applied to. Cal Arts, which is out here. I don't know if you're familiar, but yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. California Institute of the Arts. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied. I didn't, I really didn't know anything about Cal Arts. I wasn't going to apply, but he said, you know, if you go to theater school, then you'll graduate. You'll really know, like, and I was like, well, I already have a college degree, but all right. So I did two monologues. I flew out there by myself. And uh, I, I mean, I knew nothing. I didn't know it was a Disney school. I didn't know Don Cheadle went there. I didn't know Ed Harris went there. I didn't know Tim it's, Burton it's a went big, there. It's a big deal. It's a major it's school. A big deal. And it's actually very good that I had no idea. No, right. So Especially with I, anxiety. It's better to know totally, after the fact. Totally. So I did a Shakespeare monologue. I'm like on the plane, like learning my lines. And, uh, and then I did another one, like a... I forgot what it was called, but anyway, um, uh, but anyway, it's not important. But the point is they directed me in the, in the audition and had me sit on my hands because I talk with my <laughs> hands and then just like tears came down, you know, they were doing a really good job of directing me. And that's a big test, even in anything you get cast in is, you know, is this person directable? 
Anyway, cut to, I got in and they were like, you look super young, so we don't want to put you in the master's program. Of course, my parents were pissed about that. And they were like, you know, if you do the undergrad and you do one more year, you'll get out, you'll get an agent right away. Anyway, I went to school there. Uh, I did want to quit halfway through just to like go to New York and get cast. You know, it's just like, you want to get this it's, moving, yeah, get the, the ball, ball rolling. rolling. You're like excited, mm -hmm. yeah. Seems and like there's first, a lot of waiting. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. And then my first two years, I, I was starting to get cast in things and I was starting the whole thing for me was like, can I do this? And if I can, I better be fucking great at it. And right. so I ended up, it, it turns out the four years was a good move because I played um, my junior year. I played a woman with a cerebral, cerebral palsy and uh, I went to, I did the whole thing. I did the Daniel Day Lewis thing. I went to the wow. hospital. I, you know, I did. I studied it. I studied everything about it. I, you know, I, I sat with patients who had it. And then, um, to this day, all my classmates still talk about that role I played. And and I think when I do something, I want to go full out. And um, I was very inspired by, of course, Meryl Streep, Glenn Close, all of those actresses growing up. And then I was inspired by people like like Peter Sellers and Robin Williams. And so I didn't even know I was going to end up in comedy. So cut to my senior year at CalArts. One of my classmates, Robert, was like, you're the class clown and I'm going to do this comedy, this amateur comedy night. And I'd really love for you to do stand up. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> And I was like, I'm a serious actress. Like, I'm a dramatic actor. This is not going to happen. That's so and funny because I have to say, if there's anything that is the most intimidating to me of any live performance art form, it seems to be stand-up. So he talked me into it after I said no five times. And then I did it and I was house-sitting and pet-sitting for this woman whose house might as well have not had a roof. Like, the cats were what? sick. There were, there were like all sorts of other insects and shit in there. I literally slept in my car outside of her place because I might as well have had a tent and slept outside. Oh my God. It was so gross. And I felt really bad for her cats. Um, I really, I wanted to steal her cats and give them a better life. But anyway, I just, I just talked about that and um, it wasn't funny because I didn't have jokes yet. Uh, but turned out I, I got like a standing ovation and, and it was a false standing ovation because I found out later everyone was high. So that's not, that's a, that's not that's a does, that, does that count as like, like a you feel like that's like a performance enhanced victory as opposed to like a, like it wasn't earned somehow. You don't think it was earned? No, because I, think, well, do you, I mean, think it's I easy think... for people who are high to stand up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, but anyway, I someone taped it for me, and then I got the tape. And at the time, I would go back and forth between um, LA and CalArts because, of course, at that point, I was older than all of my classmates, and I got a place to live in LA. And so I, I have friends there, and I got invited to all the, you know, Hollywood parties, and I made all of these famous friends. And then my friend was a voiceover agent at ICM. And one of his clients was this woman, Lisa Sunstead, who at the time was writing for Chelsea Handler. I knew nothing. 
So I gave them this tape. <laughs> it's so bad, I gotta tell you. Um, I'm sure I have it somewhere and can't watch it. Um, <laughs> it's probably unwatchable. But anyway, I gave it to to him, and then Lisa was probably like, "I don't even need to watch it. She's she's professional, just giving me a tape." And then um, she put me in her show called Pretty Funny Women. And I was already on a show with Natasha Leggero, Chelsea Handler. Wow. And that's what happens in comedy. Wow. You just, you have wow. no business being on these shows. You're like green as your background. And you have no <laughs> Shy has business. a green screen. You're green screen um, as your background. Meaning like you're green at everything you've ever done. No. Um, but anyway, I, I did a trial and error, my, my first set in my mind. So when you do comedy, that's also a completely, uh, it's, it's, it's a big, um, God, what's the word? I can't think of the word, but I'll get there. But the point Milestone? is, no, it, it's, it's deceiving. Oh. Because if you get laughs, you think, oh, I'm funny. But that doesn't make you a good stand-up. If you don't have jokes, and also they're just laughing courtesy laughs, you know, throughout yeah. your set, they're just being nice. And sometimes people won't be, but sometimes people will be. You know, they they're just like, oh, I like her. You oh, know, yeah. It's sometimes more awkward not to laugh. So you're just right. like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. I had some. I did have some good jokes. I did end up taking a stand up class, and they kind of divided us between people who had likability and good performance, um, energy and presence. And then they that? Who, who's they the other, they, wait, they, yeah, the who's the other group then? The writers, the writers. Uh, so they separate, who are funny, they separated but should not us, be in public. Right. Stage. So they separate us and then they put us in partnerships. And then the, the person that was helping you write your jokes, um, was really doing the majority of the work. I mean, my dad was not like, he didn't know that much about the industry because he was a brain surgeon and he didn't care about entertainment. I mean, he, he loved movies, but he used to say like, it's so fake and all, and he's right. Um, and when I told him I wanted to be an actor, he said, oh, you can't, we're not related to anybody. Um, <laughs> and so he was right. But long story short, too late. Uh, I I learned how to eventually write, but my dad had told me in the beginning, you know, you have to write. Like you, it's that's all it is is writing, and it is. It's ninety nine point nine percent writing. If you are a good joke writer and you surprise the audience, that's your job. Your job is to surprise and make people laugh. And you can be the most charming person up there. You can be, you know, I can think of comedians like I don't know I don't want to say any names yeah, but no, some of them your professional courtesy you know. some of them are very good at garnering fans and garnering an audience and the audience doesn't care because they're not really like savvy audience members I mean audiences are smart but if they like a certain person it's not important to them what their joke structure is or if their punchlines are super funny or if you've heard that material, you know, back in the right, 70s right, about women right. eating salads and men eating meals that are bigger than salad. I mean, like, you know, we've moved past <laughs> these things and some comedians are still doing I, that kind of material. I will, I will say, I won't say who it was, but Allie and I, my wife, caught a, uh, a stand-up 
thing during during South by Southwest in Austin, and everyone was pretty excellent and funny and surprising. But there was one dude who it felt like he was the like, and he was my age, maybe younger, doing the like, my girlfriend wants me to clean up the house kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that felt like it yeah. was left over from a very long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> from another time, right, from the 90s, we like, 80s. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that I learned, it took me a long time to, uh, those initial jokes that I got with the writer, those were really good jokes, and I still have some that I use from time to time from those because they're so good. But I, I think what happens is you evolve and you get better and it's sort of like inside baseball, you know, when you've been inside uh, the world of comedy for so long and you start to really admire people who are doing really different things and really taking it to another level. Um, and then what happens is, you know, they become favorites and then you know, you know what the industry wants or is looking for, but then you don't want to cater to that because you want to still stay true to what's what's important to you to talk about or what's funny to you. So eventually, I think I found my voice and I, I learned how to really write jokes. And, and then I think that makes you a stronger actor because, you know, it all happened by accident, but it ended up being so wonderful for me because then I learned how to write. I learned how to direct. And, you know, when you're a stand-up, you're doing all of it. You're producing, you're directing, you're marketing, you're, you know, you're performing, you're doing everything. And so, you know, I always say that stand-up is like the brain surgery um, of performing because you really are at the top of the top. Like that's, if you can do all those things and do them well, um, then you can make all sorts of streams of income. You can write a book and sell your book and you can write New York Times bestsellers and you can write scripts and sell your scripts and you can write for television. You can write for late night and you can act in your own movies or your own, you know, and then you get cast in other things. And, you know, there's just so much that you get to do. And so it's very awesome. And I became a better actor because of it. That's, and, real, that's so yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So you talked about, we, I think we all love, comics uh my sisters and i have gone to see many over the years and i, I definitely have some upcoming fun plans that i'm excited about um nice. who are some of the you were saying there are some that you you kind of look at at this higher level you don't have to say anyone you don't like but i'd love right. to know who like you think are are the artists of course of course krista fatka um of course very funny and very smart but she's very uh, funny who 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 are the folks that you are admiring out there as these so, kind of super surgeons? Uh, so right now, uh, I am in love with Beth Stelling. Um, I think she's a brilliant comic. She's super talented. Uh, her writing is brilliant, and it's just so good. She's so good. I'm I'm a big fan. Um, I'd love to be as as talented and as good as she is. Um, there's another comedian named Emily Catalano. She's out of San Francisco. She's a brilliant joke writer, uh, super funny. Um, it's funny. I actually wrote down recently all of my favorites because when people ask me, even though I know, <laughs> you know, you just, it's kind of like when people say, what are your favorite songs or your favorite right. movies? Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah. I know, but for some reason, my brain doesn't want to remember that right now. Um, but I'll tell you, I have some 
okay. So, oh, okay. So uh, there's a comedian and she doesn't do like stand up. Um, I mean, she does do stand up, but she's not sort of a traditional stand up. She also does like solo shows and um, she's a genius. Her name is Natalie Palomides and she just had a Netflix special called Nate. Um, she plays one of those like, you know, kind of like dumb, not dumb, but just out of touch guys who drink beer and wear, you know, <laughs> flannels and they don't know, they don't understand how to express their emotions and they don't understand consent. And it's just so genius and you have to watch it. It's on Netflix, but I, I got the opportunity to see it live multiple times, but she is just, uh, I mean, I just, I can't say enough about how brilliant she is. And I feel very lucky because uh, she did a thing called the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland mm -hmm. yeah. uh, two years in a row. And both times she won awards. She won Best Newcomer. Um, wow. I think for Nate or for this other show she's doing right now, which is about uh, women's eggs. And it's all about oh my God, I have to see that. eggs. She's eating. You have to see it. She plays. That sounds amazing. She plays a hen. And she eats her own <laughs> children. You have to see it. It's genius. And um, so she won Best Newcomer. And the next year, I think it was Best Innovative. And anyway, I'm bringing my woman show, one woman show this year to the Fringe. That's amazing. Oh, wow. wow. That's awesome. In August. And she's been incredibly supportive. So I'm excited about that. But I'm going to keep looking for my list of comics because there's just and, and, so many and, good ones. And now. your one woman show, Meryl, Meryl Means Well, correct? Yes. Meryl means well. People yes. Definitely be checking that out. Uh, Are you going to bring means, it to the East Coast? Can we see it here at some point? That is the plan. I mean, so I did it just to see how it would go in um, during the lockdown on Zoom. And I had like my whole family, a lot of my friends showed up for it. I mean, you don't have to go that far. Uh, <laughs> open up your laptop. You'd, but you'd be surprised though. I know. No, I it's people true. bail on a lot of Zoom things. Yeah, I bet. Um, they're like, I don't even want to move from wherever I'm sitting. Right. Sometimes uh, when it's too easy, it's exactly. just that easy not to go. So it's true. Um oh, I just thought of some more comics, but we'll go, we'll circle we'll circle back. Circle back. Like I <laughs> uh so I did that. My boyfriend helped me with it. Um at the time he was just sort of helping me. He's a, he's also a comedian. Um, he was sort of helping me punch up. Uh, but basically what happened was I got diagnosed when I was living in New York um, by a, a lovely Jewish, no-nonsense therapist who told me in about 30 minutes that I had ADHD. Um, and it wasn't because she just wanted to give me drugs because a lot of people think that that's what that's about. She can't even administer them because she doesn't <laughs> do that. Uh, but I told her my life was a constant hamster in a wheel, you know, like I would get forward, move, you know, get this far and then find myself back in the wheel again. And, you know, I'd be working hard, but it was like I was running in sand in place. And so finally she was like, yeah, you've had ADHD your whole life. And, and so then I started to 
really study it, look at all the symptoms. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I do have it. I have every <laughs> single symptom. Um, and I was like, damn, that makes sense. Oh God, that story makes sense. Oh God, that story makes sense. Oh, these relationships make sense. Oh, my family dynamic makes sense. I mean, just everything just came together and it was just like, oh my God. So I, the, you know, being in my new relationship with somebody who was much more understanding and getting therapy and getting medication that was, that was really working for me, it changed my life. There's no way I could have ever done this solo show uh, without the support and, and the heavy lifting that I have now. Um, so yeah, so then I just was like, I got to talk about this, you know, I got to write about it. And um, so I did the show, my mom saw it. And there's some crazy stories, because my mom was uh, abusive. Is that the right word? Um, I'd like to if say you, if you say I mean, so. you're, you're the abusive light, but no, it's just, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. But um yeah, I was able to really, that was a very cathartic, amazing thing. And to also wow. share with people that it's okay to have a mental illness or to have PTSD or anxiety or anything. And it's okay to take meds. Like it's okay. If anything, it's the best thing. If it can help you live your life better. Why right. is that a bad thing? I always say, why work harder than you have to? Exactly. And not only the that, same thing well, that you I, would be able I, to do, I, I, I also, right. Just let being less hard on yourself. I, I also think to your point about how the, the doctor doesn't want to just pump you with meds. I, I think it's a real misconception that that's all people want to do. The, the medicines are there to help you in tandem while you're developing tools and strategies. And they, and they kind of cut through this layer of fog or jelly or yeah. quicksand that between right. the outside world and your tools. And, yeah. and by pushing that away, then you can... Make do the work you need to do. All the work that you've done. Right. Less exhausted. Also, I'm pretty sure people don't understand the difference between psychiatrist and psychologist or therapist. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Every time you say, like, oh, yeah, I went therapy. Oh, you know, what prescription did you get? You're like, not, not everybody can write a prescription. You have to go to medical school. Right. It's not just right. like, you know, just and not everyone goes to a psychiatrist. Out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You can still exactly. go to counselor, a therapist. There's highly, like a million, yeah, a million other options for totally. getting good therapy. Totally. But for me, it was like a no brainer because I really, really struggled with functioning in mm -hmm. any way, shape or form. I mean, I, my 25th year of life, I, I'm not exaggerating. I did not open my mail for a year and people don't understand Whoa. how your email or your physical mail. No, my physical mail, I did not open. I so I was recently, after many years of thinking I had ADHD, because like so, like I would always say, like I have something. My parents are always like, "You're successful, so you're just lazy. Stop," you know. Because I would say, um, and one of my great fears is opening mail. Like opening mm -hmm. mail is it's overwhelming, insane mm -hmm. anxiety. Yeah. Um, I went and did a neurological test recently because I, I wanted to classify and figure out because again i keep mm -hmm. getting this reaction we're like well you, you've complete you've done all these things like what, what do you mean you're adhd and i said yeah but it would explain a lot of things it would explain it would also but help it's me your brain right you know how your brain works so you I, know? I i took this test and uh during the test i'm i'm doing the pattern thing i don't know if you've ever done that you 
there's this thing where they give you pattern. You got to copy the pattern. And I do this. It feels like the whole thing's a big IQ test and ladies taking notes. And I did the patterns really fast. And I said, wow, I did this pretty fast. And she said, yeah, you're, you're one of my only people ever to have finished all the patterns in that amount of time. And I said, wait, so you're going to tell me what my parents said, which is that I don't have you're ADHD lazy. and I'm just lazy. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. You're also the only person ever to have fallen asleep repeatedly during one of the other parts of the exam, <laughs> which involved like audio concentration, like very, very serious audio concentration. And so like I have like 40 answers unanswered just because I kept zoning out. You're also and, a narcolept. <laughs> uh, I mean, so and then they gave they gave me the report and 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 the report said something to the effect of has ADHD symptoms, you know, or needs a nap. Like it's one of those two. It's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but if you finished that other part, that's called hyper focus. Yeah. yeah. So you were hyper focused on that, and so to me, it sounds that describes shy perfectly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like even the way I eat cereal is hyper hilarious. Everything. My, is... I think a really good. Sorry. Go ahead. No. No, I was just going to say that's that's how shy is. It's all or nothing. It's, yeah. It's I, all the I, cereal or none of the mail. <laughs> For me, it, it was just a no-brainer because if you hear the stories, they're so, for me, it's so um, extreme. And uh, there's, just, there's just too many examples where you don't have to look it up. <laughs> it's just like, I know. Um but the thing is that uh, is a very typical response uh, when parents tell you you're lazy. Um, that's a very common thing. And uh, the thing is that a lot of people don't know is that boys get diagnosed more than girls. Girls, yeah. Because they're mm -hmm. physically hyper. And mm -hmm. girls find out way later, they get diagnosed way later right. because mm -hmm. usually we carry it into our adulthood. And sometimes with boys it doesn't last. And because they, for some reason, they outgrow it, but I've read so much about it that I don't understand how that's possible because with women, we're supposed to have it like forever. Um, but with me, it was just so extreme. I mean, I was always struggling. And for so many of my years, 20s, 30s, I seriously felt, this is no exaggeration. I felt like I was drunk on a daily basis. And I would wake up in such panic if I went somewhere and I said something and because the H oh. is the H is like hyper um, decision making. Mm -hmm. It's hyper reaction. It's, you know, I have PTSD. So if something happened in my childhood that was really weird or fucked up. I would totally tell a stranger as if I was like a Vietnam vet, you know, and then they would go away and I would just be like, was it something I said? It was something I did. You know, I just didn't have, you know, I just didn't have the self-awareness and then the talking, you talk a lot, you, you know, you have to get your words out. If someone else is talking and you have a thought and you're like, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, you know, there's so many symptoms. There's so much involved and you can see the brain of a regular brain. And you can see, if you look at a scan, you can see the brain of an ADHD person. They're lacking the dopamine and they're lacking the things that they need 
not just for focus because everyone thinks, oh, it's just focus. No, there's so much involved. Really you know, I've told my boyfriend social skills and everything. And I think every people just think it's like, oh, they can't study well. Totally. Right? It's they it's can't sit literally still. every aspect of your life. Your life. And right, for me, right. it was everything to the point where you, wow. you literally get so depressed because you see all your friends getting married, having children, moving their lives forward, becoming millionaires. And you're like, what is wrong with me? Like I'm working hard, but I just feel like a hamster in a wheel. And then you get anxiety because you're like, I'm not good enough. I'm an idiot. I was going to ask how the anxiety is tied to that. And if it's better now that that part is a little bit more understood and right so there's a couple different factors first of all we do have generational trauma yeah you know if you believe in that just being jewish Mm -hmm. there's general generally i don't really know any jews who don't have anxiety (laughs) or aren't funny that's because but that's Um, also because like we might have to go on the run at any minute exactly i mean we've been that's hanging in the back yeah we've been oppressed a a lot you could say Mm -hmm. um and so there's that but also I had uh, a very chaotic childhood my mom had a very violent childhood um it was like really really bad things you you'd be like how um and then to top that off my dad really had the opposite so he didn't really know you know, he didn't know what to do or how to handle it. Um, so you've got general, general, I can't even say it, uh, generational trauma. You've got uh, literal generational trauma from my grandmother, my mom, you know, bringing it in, bringing domestic violence into the next year or the next group without sort of working on it and stopping it. And then you've got uh, ADHD that you don't even know you have. Um, and your parents are like, what is wrong with this child? She's the only one who's always late. She's always the last one out the door. I was mm. considered the dumb one, the slow one, because I looked like the mm. Southern part of the family, you know, all the things. And, you know, I got all these labels, like there's something wrong with her. Like she's the R word, but we don't know why. And then, you know, at the time wow. there was no wow. ADHD, you know, and then I, and then it was solidified when my brother and sister got into the you know the best school the best prep school um in in Boca and then I applied and they were like you know you're gonna have to go back a year you're not good at testing um and so what a big part of that was for me was I really struggled with reading comprehension I'd have Mm -hmm. to read a page I'd read a page and then I'd be like what did I just read? <laughs> I to go back and read it again and read it again? And then once I got lot. it, I was like, oh, okay, I got it. And then there was just no support. So you're going through life with, you know, spankings and being told you're stupid and all these things and you're wrong. And you're walking through life like, I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm sorry. I'm a people pleaser. I'm so sorry I exist. And then to top that off, you find out later that you know, you have this mental illness. And the thing about ADHD that also a lot of people don't know, and it's not their fault, is it does create more anxiety, it does create more depression, because the depression is, I'm never going to get it together. And the anxiety is, why can't I get it together? So 
you know, you're walking through life feeling like the biggest loser. Your brother is a doctor, is a scientist, you know, your sister gets into pre-med. And then I was going to acting school. So that did feel good. I look back and I go, wow, I went to CalArts. That's so huge. But I never got that kind of, you know, wow, you're amazing from my parents. Never. I never got it. And then when I finally really dove into it, um, every phone call, no joke, was we don't, you don't need actors. You need, you need nurses. You need lawyers. And I'd have to beg them, like, please support me. This is such a hard business. If I don't have your emotional, well, we support you. We give you money. Okay, but I need your emotional support. And so I had to fight that on top of everything else I was already fighting. So, you know, and I love, I love them. I forgive them. I don't carry all that anger and blame because it's just a waste of time. And, you know, it's pretty big deal. I mean, you don't have to get into it. I'm just saying that's a, that's an incredible achievement because oh, to forgive them, to forgive. And just, you're like, yeah, "Yeah, okay. I forgave them. I'm, you know, but that's, that's pretty amazing. I I think that not everybody work to get there. I don't think everybody, any, not just anybody, my husband had a, a very difficult childhood and or young adulthood and he has relationship amazingly has relationships with both of his parents, which I admire the fact that he's able to do that because I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be able to do that. And, um, he didn't have therapy in the traditional sense. He found his own kind of way in his path and hit my, um, well, through martial arts, that was through martial arts, which is a type of therapy, but, but my, uh, ex-sister-in-law, uh, used to say she's a uh, psychologist and she used to say when she was dating my brother-in-law she used to say I don't understand how these boys are not like in jail or like do like or how are they both like stand-up citizens and you know able to have jobs and stuff with what they went through and um and he he always says to me it's I'd it's so much better for me to forgive them and have whatever relationship I can with them as adults than to hang on to all that and be consumed by that. Yeah. And I think that's extremely admirable. I mean, it took me a long time. I was definitely consumed with it and it was holding me back. And then the therapy, the meds, um, really in the last, really in the last few years, because I have an amazing therapist, um, it really, really, the work started to hit me. And then one of the biggest things I learned was, you know, if I want to be successful, it's like the best analogy I've ever heard is if you're trying to park a new car that you want in your garage and there's an old shitty car in the garage, you can't park that car in there. You got to get that car out. Oh, and, and that's the thing. That's like, a beautiful analogy. That's great. Yeah. It's just so true. And the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I mean, why am I not making it? Oh, because I'm so angry. And then I was like, if I'm so angry, I'm really just hurting myself. Like I'm carrying that poison around. Right. And I, my right. mom is going to still be a narcissist. She's going to still be a borderline personality disorder. She's still going to have all that P- mm-hmm. PTSD. And if she's not going to get diagnosed and she's not going to get medication, she's not going to change. So if I change, then let's see how that goes. And that actually made all of my relationships better. It's not easy. I still have to work on it. I still sure, get triggered. Sure. Yeah, I sure. just spent five exactly. days with my mom fucking moving her house. Neither of my siblings Bravo. showed up. 
And, you know, the, I mean, the excuse is, well, they have kids and they have work. And sure, but they also have a partner and they also have health. And so right. they could have taken a day or two to come. Right. And, right. you know, it's all on me. And like, you know, I, I, I'm brave because, you know, there's going to be that third day, that fourth day that you're with her that goes back to that old fucking pattern. And you just have to be so strong not to go okay psycho okay <laughs> right or like, like i'm leaving have to go back right. to this yeah yeah so it was hard i mean we had you know she doesn't she she's just there's things wrong with her you know and she she's gonna she does that thing where she twists the knife and she wants to and she doesn't, right. even, doesn't even know she's doing it and then you know i lose my mind and thank god we had only one hour of that, but it was the first time in my life I called her an asshole, and I know that in her seventies. But I couldn't do that back in the day. She would have thrown a dagger at my heart, you know. Right. People right. terrified of her, and now right. I'm a grown woman, and I'm like, you can't act like that. You can't talk to me like that. I'll you, get on a plane this, and I'll leave. This is the advantage of having Lily in our house growing up. Not that our, mm. our parents did, weren't or it was not a similar relationship. But I remember when Lily got <laughs> old enough to per I didn't talk back to my parents that way. Lily, like as our soon parents could be turned, scary. That's 14 scary, or 15. Yeah. Lily started saying that stuff to our parents, and it was like a kind of a revolution in the house. Okay. So, Meryl, thank Middle you. Middle so child. Yeah, that maybe child. that's it. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah, as, it's so insightful. People, thank I you. I think there's so many things. We always talk about it on our show. When someone gets really specific, it feels so connect, like you can connect to it so much. Even if it's like not your story, there's something so amazing about when someone's this this honest and 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 i feel so connected to your story in so many different ways oh, it's really cool and i'm sure there will be people and now we also always promise people some pop culture you know shenanigans okay and so i hope this wasn't too dark and too depressing no no, no. we no. have, to, we I, have think a, it's, I think it's uplifting we, also, we have a two really very uplifting yes yeah. because not everybody is willing or interested in doing the work that you put in. I mean, we also and did a, we did a two part special on Lily's fertility stuff. So you sometimes know, we do. Every once in a while, we're serious about that. We'll, we'll, send, we'll, that. we'll send, send you an it episode. It's very, sometimes okay, it's good you. to get deep. Um, so can uh, I just throw you. in two really fast things? Oh, I know yeah, we please. have to go, but I just want to throw in some positives. Yeah. So sure. the cool thing about going through all of that. I think is you learn to have an enormous amount of empathy for other people. And that's something that's really missing. You know, you have this like school shooting and there's people who literally are just like, eh, it's fine. Um, And so you, you learn to have a lot of empathy for others. You learn to care about others more. Um, And then the other good news is that, uh, shoot, I forgot. <laughs> that's where the ADHD does well, come in. That's Sometimes okay. Like, Empathy. Uh, I mean, if it I, comes, if it comes back, you just, yeah, just you just jump okay. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're in good company. Worry, so, okay, so, so we talk a lot about the effects of anxiety and we're not, I don't think we'll have time to go through the whole list, but we had a few famously anxious characters um if from movies and film, and we have a rating system on the show, which is buy, okay. rent and meh. There's actually one below me, which is bleh, um, but that's if you really don't like something. So buy okay. is the highest, rent is the middle, and meh okay. is actually 
up to you how you define it because we don't really want to have a lowest category. So right. that, that's only blood. So I'm I'm gonna throw out a character and you tell me whether or not you buy rent or met. If you don't know them, just let me know. I'll skip okay. it. Okay. Okay. So do you remember what about Bob? Yes. You know, remember baby steps, baby steps, Bob. Yep. What about yep. Bob? Like so yep. uh, like bot so if I were to say to you, if you were to say to me, buy rent or man, I would actually give that car character a bleh. Be- not because it's bad, <laughs> but because that character, the anxiety that that character has triggers me makes me so anxious that i could not watch that movie like that movie still freaks me out but it's obviously a great performance but what do you think of bob wiley in what about bob i mean i i i would buy it because i think that uh well i think they're both geniuses anyway (laughs) but um it's to me it's it, it can be really hard to watch stuff like that but i also think for others who aren't triggered um, I mean, I don't know. We still have such a problem with people understanding mental illness. But just to go back, right. I would say I would buy it just because it was also hilarious as a comedian right. yeah, I mean, to me that's, you know. We, yeah, th- things still have to be able to be funny, right? Okay, how about, did you ever see Inside Out, the Pixar movie? I did, I loved it. Yeah, uh, Becky, Becky's husband was one of the key artists. That worked really? On that. Incredible, yeah. that's uh, awesome. Um, so, it's a great movie. Bill Hader voices. Oh yeah, yeah. Bill Hader voices fear in that sort of the ultimate expression of anxiety. What'd you think of that one, little purple guy? I mean, you can't can't put Riley in a cookie. You know, you're 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 referencing brilliant. You can buy them all. Comedian artists, like (laughs) like to me, Bill Hader is also a genius. You know that thing he does on SNL where he's like doing the Stefan. I mean, honestly, I could watch that every day. <laughs> I have watched hours thing. and hours and hours of that. That's so <laughs> it's just, he's brilliant. So bye, of course, I'd okay. buy that too. All right, Lily, Becky, do you have uh, a favorite other one? So I, it's not on the list, but I have a favorite other one. Yeah, sure, sure, go for it. So um, do you guys, I'm sure you remember Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Melvin Udall, right? Isn't that? Sorry his, for the dogs. Name? No, that's okay. We, we all have dogs. Yeah. Um, and um, that to me is such a buy because while some of his anxiety kind of makes me nervous because I'm like, yeah. oh, I should be anxious about that. Yeah. I shouldn't step on the cracks. Like, right, <laughs> like right. it's a bit contagious sometimes. The, the sort of the growth in that character and the empathy, like that being the key word yeah. between him to other people, like yeah. living outside of his own anxieties mm-hmm. and neuroses and obsessive right. compulsiveness to be able to empathize with other people. Cause he's so obsessed with his own and then yeah. other people to him. Like he seems like this heinous person who's just really struggling. Totally. And I, I it's one of my favorite depictions. It's a great one. It's great. I mean, the movie is brilliant. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, Same. I really the thing I, I, it's funny you say that because I just, like I said, spent a week with my mom and she's like a nightmare to spend lots of time with only because she's wonderful when people meet her. They're like, I love your mom. She's so fashionable. <laughs> she's so cute. She's, and I'm like, just spend some more time with her. Um, <laughs> She's, she's affected. And I don't know if this is an OCD symptom, but she's affected by every single thing around her. So it's exhausting to be around her. She'll be like, that song is too, where's that, you know, sound coming from? Da, 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 da. And when she drives, 
she's she drives very aggressively and she'll say why is that person smoking and she'll put so much energy into oh, other people and cellular and then on top of that she will be very rude at times and very demeaning to people and i don't even think she's aware of it like she'll say like i'll be with her and she'll say something awful like we had um some guys working in the house and they put their music on and my mom walked in and she goes that's just the worst music i've ever heard can you just turn that off like it just doesn't even <laughs> no filter it it's so funny because and, and she'll straight up insult people she'll be like duh and she thinks she's being like with them but she doesn't mm. understand that she's insulting them and so when i think about the reason i thought about jack nicholson in that role literally a couple days ago was because i thought what does she have that she insults right. people constantly constantly and right. I I went and I I my mom did very generously get me a massage after I destroyed <laughs> my back. And I went to this woman and she's like, I've known your parents for 20 years and your dad was so lovely. She goes, but I hope this isn't too rude to say. She goes, You're nothing like your parents. <laughs> she goes, they're so intense. And I was like, tell me about it. And then every person I met that knew my mom said, I just don't want to disappoint her. And I'm like, how do you think I feel? I'm her daughter, you know? But um, yeah, I mean, she's just a lot like that character. But there's wow, no really like turning the, you know, the key. There's no, there's no OCD in that regard. But just everybody affects everything they say, everything you do. If you say something and she's like, you know, even if you say something nice, if you say something like, if she says, uh, you know, I'll drive or something like that. And I'll say, mom, are you sure? And she'll say, don't say, are you sure? Of course <laughs> I'm sure. And it's like, she just, so, you know, I don't know how she hasn't died of a heart attack. I it's, mean, it's, it's a lot so of energy. Stressful. Yeah. It's very oh, stressful. That, that, that is a lot. Well, that, that's such an awesome, this, well, that's a great interpretation of each of these characters. And it's awesome that they can all be buys. All right. Okay. Let us move to our shout outs and recs. I yes. am going to make my first recommendation is going to be on May 28th at 7 p.m. at the Lyric Hyperion in Los Angeles, right? Am I right in that? I wish yeah. we could all go. It's a little bit is, hard. I wish you guys could Witch Hunt, which is, seems to be a com comedy evening hosted by Meryl Davis, yeah. which th this looks amazing. So, Krista Fatka is on the list, correct? She is. Who She's is on amazing the and hilarious. Yeah. And then someone who I only discovered like recently it, 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 because of a show that I watched, but who I have like, it's like a artistic crush on, not like I'm not a romantic one, but like an artistic crush, which is Alice Wetterland mm -hmm. in Resident Alien is mm -hmm. like the heart and soul <laughs> of that TV show. She's and amazing. Like mm -hmm. if I, I, you know, if I, yeah, I would love to get a chance to see her perform but she and has I've been doing stand-up with her for a long time oh really Can... yeah I mean like just give her like a hug wow. for us sure okay just I tell mean, her there's the these kids thing. there's these Please. siblings who think you're like super brilliant and talented mm -hmm. and like her that's another example I didn't know she was a stand-up until after I started following her but her drama on that show is yeah like genius so good. yeah I mean that's the Love thing about stand-up is 
you know, you start with a lot of people in the trenches and the open mics and you bomb and you do shows together. And then a lot of my friends are on series series now. Um, and so that's been especially UCB and sketch and stand up in the last, I mean, it's always been, you look at Robin Williams, you know, you look at Jim Carrey, they all end up doing dramas as well. And I, I think there's no way you can't be good at both unless you have no interest in acting because there are stand-ups who they're right, not great just, actors, but right. they also don't really want to act. And the people, the, the comedians who do, um, when you think about it, you had to have a lot of trauma to be funny. And so there's no way it's the, it's the same, it's what is it? The same side of the same coin or opposite mm -hmm. side of the same coin, same coin. you know, like comedy is drama and drama right. is comedy and right. people separate them. But really at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, the best comedies have dramatic undertones and the best dramas have comedic undertones to me. Um, because it gives you nuance and it's not one note all the way through. Depends, of course, on the genre, but I, that's how I feel. But anyway, just to get back to Alice, she's amazing. And just to see your friends over the years, uh, you know, where they go in their careers and what they end up, is so inspiring. Um, you know, it just inspires me. And I, I believe that if... Uh, I, I believe that you're an energetic match to the people. If you're like, Ooh, I love that. Then you're meant to do that. You know? Mm. So, you know, even if you don't pursue it, uh, if you did, there's a reason you, you want that. There's a reason you feel that way, you know? So that's what I believe. That, that's, that's really cool. Inspiring. Well, that show, we wish we could be there in person. Maybe you'll Thank you. mm -hmm. I wish you could come too. East with either your yeah. show or. And, I love and, that. Um, that would be so great. And then my other Rex, uh, Kids in the Hall Comedy Punks documentary is now on Amazon Prime. It is so cool. And it's a great lead in to the to the reboot of the show or the reboot. I don't know, whatever the extra season they just made, which was very weird and very funny that I watched last week. And then I feel like I'm mom and dad because I I'm up on Bosch Legacy, only a couple episodes left. And then I started the Lincoln Lawyer because even though they're half brothers in the novels, but they'll, they'll never meet in the tv universe like the way x-men and avengers used to be before disney owned everything i feel like i need a hit of the bosch world so that show is actually i'm enjoying quite a I lot to see that um lil oh, uh lily what are you uh watching so um my very dear friend amanda uh knows my algorithm pretty well and recommended this adorable teen rom-com but more on the rom i guess than the com um uh british show called heartstopper on netflix it's so good. sweet about just teen angst and um sexuality and it's basically it's basically like sex education but actually for kids like actually for <laughs> teens because sex education is definitely for adults that's not like a show i would allow a teenager to watch um whereas heartstopper is a very sweet it's i think it's like eight episodes about a boy um oh yeah, i saw a preview for that yeah, it's really really that's i think so it's cute. very well done um and olivia coleman's in it but in a, a, a pretty small role she's just plays like a mom one of the kids moms but the scenes that she's in are well, of course she knocks out she can literally just say hello and you're like yeah, oh my god give amazing. that woman an oscar yeah. so she's amazing she's amazing um and it was it was i think i thought it was really well done and i hope a lot of 
kids see it, which is basically like my vibe, like a good YA situation. It's what I like <laughs> for literature and television. So I thought it was very sweet. And then I'm, I'm also an older um, woman in the sense that I finished Bosch, the, sh- the series, because now they have a new Bosch. Um, I finally finished the show. It was like seven seasons. If you're into like a hard working detective out in LA solving crimes and not saying very much, then this is your show. A lot of smooth uh, jazz and looking at the canyon. Or whatever. <laughs> He's always like staring at LA. LA is That's dark, awesome. but very bright place. That's like the <laughs> whole show. Um, but it is great. It's is super fun. Uh, Titus Swelver is just amazing. And then I um, love working moms. Uh, Catherine Reitman is to me amazing. I don't know why. I need to write all these down. Yeah. She is Catherine Reitman, the brother of Jason Reitman, correct? Show? She's the sister. Sister? But- sorry, well, sorry. Jason Reitman's her brother. She's wanna... the sister and the daughter of Ivan, Ivan Reitman. May he rest in peace. Yes. And yeah. And yeah. And she's she's amazing. And I like I just love I love that show. I love her. I just think she's amazing. Um what show is that yeah. again? Working moms. Okay, I'm right. And it's so. Canadian. It takes place in Toronto. It like owns the fact that it's Canadian. It's not pretending to be New York City. We didn't it's mention like, we grew up in Montreal, which is like yeah. a whole other sub. Oh my god, sub context. Very everything. Canadian. Canadian stuff. content. Oh that's amazing yeah. so then you know um, just for laughs huh? yeah yes, like before we do. Just, like yeah just for laughs was that's we i mean that was just sort of like part We're, of our city mm-hmm. growing up we didn't know it was important right like, yeah. was, I, didn't I, know. I didn't know it was important until i saw the seinfeld documentary and i was like oh, oh really i just thought yeah. like people would stop in our podunk town mm-hmm. you know I, I remember being so excited when weird al played when i was 10 it was like the greatest moment ever <laughs> so. i just submitted to jfl I, I've oh, submitted wow. many times, yeah, but I haven't gotten in yet. But that's okay. I'm not. Well, so one of crossed. the many things. Maybe as locals, we can write you a letter. Or give you Montreal vibes. Tell oh, them, yeah. thank you. Yeah. All the thank Montreal you. vibes for Just for Laughs. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So, yeah, so those are my recs. Right. Nice. And Beck? and Beck and then Meryl Wolf. Oh, I've been watching. I think it's on Showtime. I've been uh, watching. It is. The it new, is on Showtime. Um, the show that you're about to see. Uh, Vanessa Bear mm-hmm. and uh, Molly Shannon. I love that for you. I, and I, I love that for me. I love that for you. I love I love that I, for me. I, I it recently, so good. So one of her most genius things ever is Jacob the Bar Mitzvah Boy in <laughs> SNL. And I made a room full of non-Jews watch that. And it was like blank stares. And nobody <laughs> understood <laughs> any of it. And I think they were afraid to laugh. <laughs> like they were so funny. Like, uh, so I, I just every is, time is a her new character episode Jewish comes out, it? is it? Maybe I. But think it's not maybe. like Jewish. Yeah, she, no, is. Like overt. she is. She is. It is. Yeah. yeah, because her parents. Yeah, because uh, I forgot what they say, but yeah, she is. But whatever it is, it's it's done subtle, subtle yeah, and exactly. Tastefully. But yeah. it's um, I savor every episode that that comes out it's like the highlight of my week when new episodes come out so i i definitely recommend that and we have had on this podcast we have had um a a star of hsn on before our dear that's cousin awesome. ashley our so cousin shout out to a, ashley and we gotta have her a, back to talk about it i love star, that for you though. yeah that's amazing that's yeah. so cool my dream so, is always to 
at, that there be a show about mm-hmm. home shopping. So I can't wait to watch the show. Um, it's and, really good. And I'm not, and then I, I'm not going to recommend it, but I will admit that I've seen it, which is the new season of Bling Empire. So again, I've only not seen part of the first episode. Not recommending it, but I'm just going to admit that it's been on is in the it background. Is a real show or a reality show? What is it? It's a reality like, show. Is it just like, like the, Crazy Rich it, Asians, but the but the it's, real it's, it's not the series of the oh, bling cool. ring that moves. No, in. Okay. no. It's just like people who, like you think you know sure what people what who is. have a lot of money is. Like you're like, oh yeah, that would be having a lot of money. But I got to tell you. Own all the streaming services for real, not borrow from people. I got to tell you. That would be somebody rich. And then you watch this show and you're like, holy shit that's what people do with money (laughs) season one there was at least four different shamans season two you got one feng shui guy there were no shamans why am i watching these people if they're not hiring shamans all the time so not as good season two not enough shamans that was like should be hiring a kitchen healer Mm-hmm. Oh, or a kitchen healer. Or, or yeah, kitchen I don't know, I don't what know that what is. that is. <laughs> it feels like it sounds like someone. Something that later. somebody should hire. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's it. What you, that's what you got. All right, Meryl. And I'm I'm re I'm actually rewatching Last Kingdom because um, I can never get enough Utrid. So rewatching that. It's a great starting from episode one. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. So Meryl, what do you, what do you have? Okay, so there's a limited series that I saw that I think is brilliant called The Dropout. Uh, oh, oh, I, I started it. I started really, it. It's I really just watched great. It. I just um, I watched the first episode. I have a yeah. date with a friend of mine who physically nice. comes over to watch it together, like old times. I love that. And so it's going to take us six years to watch it, but right, we've we've seen the first episode, right? Unless they spend the, the night, you do a right, and they just go all the way through. Yeah. Um. So I think, of course, I didn't really know. I mean, not of course, but I didn't really know that much about that Elizabeth Holmes story. So it was actually better that I didn't, I think. And then right. um, Amanda Seyfried is just, just she's got to get an award for this role. It's she's just, amazing. It's worth watching if 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 for anything for her performance in it. And what she captures in the most awkward moments of how this woman was in the the whole scenario. So anyway, I highly recommend that. Uh, I really, really love Pen15. I never, Mm, ever thought I would. Mm. I saw, I remember seeing the first episode and going, this is stupid. (laughs) And then my boyfriend was like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. So then I watched it and I was like, oh my God. And as I said, I love, you know, the undertones of drama. To me, it makes it real. And the second season, I was like crying my eyes out. And then you really get to know these characters as a full, you know, full character, um, multidimensional, as they say. And uh, it was just great. So I highly recommend that. And it's super funny. I mean, there's moments that are just ridiculous when we laugh so hard. Um, there's a new show that I just started watching uh, with my boyfriend called The Other Two. Um, oh, was, we, yeah. I mean, we that's are, for us. In fact, I, I almost referenced it when you brought up the fact that you're like, I sent them a tape, but they must have not watched it because they thought to themselves, oh, she's professional enough to send us a tape. Right, right. Holly haven't gotten to that episode yet where- okay. um, where, well, well, have you gotten where, the episode where where he's uh, writing a script? Where, where he's um, writing a script? What's his name? Where, uh, Carrie? No, Car- Drew Tarver. Drew Tarver. Yeah, I, but I his saw name him. Is, his name is Carrie. Carrie. In the show, Carrie. Right? Yeah. When, yeah. Carrie. when Carrie is writing a script, when he decides to become a writer, in okay, 
No, have you gone to that? Okay. So when it's you amazing. get to Not that, yet. you'll I saw see. him do improv a few weeks ago with um wow. uh, Ben Schwartz. And they were, I mean, and two other people who I'm blanking on the names, Eugene. Oh, Eugene Shai- Cordero. Cordero. And then um, Sloan from the show with Kristen Bell. I'm terrible with names. It's amazingly okay. funny. Oh, oh, from the woman. woman in the window with the. Yeah, uh, whatever her friend. Um, yeah, that lady's funny. She's very funny. Anyways, I saw the four of them and, and um, Drew Tarver was uh, incredible. They were all so funny. Oh, but funny. I mean, the other two is great, but the, the, what makes we that, are very big fans of that. What show. makes that show amazing that we, why we love it so much is the sibling relationship is so <laughs> real there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, Becky and I, I were, that. Becky and I had the podcast at Baltimore comic-con and like, so during the doubt, like we're exhausted right? the day, the whole day you're pitching, you're pitching, you're, you're pitching and interviewing, whatever. Right. And we'd come back to the room and I'd be doing the editing. And like, all we do is order room service. And we watch that whole show. It's just, yep. we were dying. We were watching it last night and like my favorite characters. I mean, I love, you know, there's so many typical things like, oh, I booked it. I booked the role, like telling the whole <laughs> the party. party, you know, like yeah. you walk into a Starbucks in Hollywood and everybody's like, so um, I'm trying to finish my script and it's like super loud and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, please. I could never write in that environment. So stupid. Um it's just so wait which yeah. part of the show you're in we need to take in a so, so we're yeah i don't remember what part we're in oh it's very uh, my boyfriend's much further than me but because he loves it he started watching with i watched it twice over. i watched it twice. so yeah. we're at the part where um they're staying at uh justin thoreau's <laughs> house <laughs> and it's just so and all of his shoes are basically all the same um my and the, favorite, um, the furniture is all made of concrete Yes. Okay. <laughs> and my favorite part sleeping on a pool chair are the um are the like the boyfriend Vince is fucking hilarious and then the the roommate. I mean, we're just <laughs> crying laughing about him. He's mm-hmm. so clueless, but he's a genius. He's so funny. I mean, the whole thing is so damn funny. Um and then uh I love that for you. I'm enjoying that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, her character is so fun and I'm very very critical because I want to see like okay what where's this going is this going to be good and Mm -hmm. so when I started to watch it I was like okay I get her character and then the more I watched I really enjoyed it and of course I love Molly Shannon and then Mm -hmm. the last one uh is Killing Eve which oh um, you have to kind of, I'm not really good about violence. I never was because, you know, I grew up in a horror movie. But um, my my boyfriend is, he didn't grow up in a horror movie. So he can loves horror movies. And so, but this show, I, I've never seen the kind of acting that Jodie Comer brings. She's, yeah, she's, she's really phenomenal. And scary. And, and scary. And of course, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is one of the writers on it. And I think she even is like an executive producer as well. But anyway, cut to, to go back, just to circle back to Fringe, and then I'll shut up, is yeah. uh, Phoebe actually had her show Fleabag at Fringe Festival. Oh, wow. and that's where it was oh, wow. um, discovered. And she brought it there uh, herself. She did, you know, GoFundMe, which I'm about to do with mine. 
And um, oh, nice! Oh, All right, well, wait, is it live yet? Not yet. I'm gonna do it. Let us know when it is. Well, I will. I will reserve us in your list of people to push it. And... That's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, you and then the last thing I'll say is Olivia Coleman wanted to do her show, so you know, I mean, could you ask for anything? A better... Anything can happen, and yeah. so her show got made. But I would like to. I would let I've been I wrote a pilot about Meryl Means Well um, and uh, it takes place in downtown LA because I used to live there but anyway um, that's what I want to do I want to get this show seen I'm going to be performing it every day for a month wow at the in, in, in edinburgh yes and i have to fill a 65 seat theater every day every so, day what are the da- what are the dates of that what are the dates uh, so i go august 1st but the first show is august 5th um and it goes to august 27th um interesting well you so, and becky should road trip to scotland yes. when you're in the canary islands at oh or meryl should amazing meryl should you should if you want to relax for a weekend the uk places all send flights to very this cheap is true to, we'll be know. neighbors i would love i mean don't have to twist my arms to go to the canary islands oh, right? yeah. you just pop on down I would love that. Yeah. We well, yeah, Lily, really you to can totally you. do it. You can totally do an Edinburgh. Bring I mean, mom. You should bring I, mom to Edinburgh for a weekend. Mom I, I love that for us. I'm already <laughs> taking, I love that for us. I'm already taking another trip in my summer trip that my, and my husband might divorce me if I keep taking trips oh on trips, God, but I do love hilarious. that for us. And I want I do. to go to Edinburgh. I'm, so we'll see maybe what we could eke out. And, and it's, there's shows five nights a week or six nights a week. Um, it's every day. So you, the, sh- the festival goes all day long and I'm sure they do that in Montreal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I submitted kind of late, a lot of the programs were already full, but I got responses from all these wonderful theaters and they were like, we love the look of your show. Um, but they only awesome. had certain slots left. So the one theater I p- ended up choosing my first week, it's from like noon to one. Um, it's only an hour show. The second week, it's one to two. And the third week, it's like a good time. It's like 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. or prime time. Well, by but then you build up some buzz. Yeah. I was going to say, go. it's good that the third week's like that because I'll really have it down. Um, and my boyfriend's directing it and he's so oh, good. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. So you both he be tours, out there? He tours with Ali Wong. He's more famous than me. <laughs> But he's very, very talented. So, but yeah. is he gonna is he gonna post up in Edinburgh with you for the? For yeah, the he's coming so cool. later because he's working on a musical um, right now as a dramaturg for. Uh, he's he's American Filipino. Well, his family's Filipino, and so they're working on a musical uh, about the labor rights of Filipinos in the history. Oh. And so they're trying oh. to make a. Uh, a Hamilton, <laughs> Filipino Hamilton. But anyway, wow. he's working on that. So the first week he can't come, which I'm bummed about, but he'll come like later. And then we might travel to Canary Islands at the end. We'll see what happens. Oh, hey, whatever. Well, you, we'll yeah. all be know. there at the end of August, like the entire family. Exactly. So if you want to hit the water park with all of us, Lily's oh, you're all going me. at the end of the yeah because there's August? a direct flight from new york becky's so spending the summer there and then my family is coming i live in a couple, a couple weeks, weeks. So i'll be there for three months amazing mm-hmm. yeah at the so. canary islands for three months yeah she's so coming cool. to hang for the summer that's amazing so it's just a it's mm-hmm. just like a 
It's K-pop and a jump from Scotland. I gotta say, I love that you guys are all close. We, I mean, we, I really love it. Well, I mean, in the story <laughs> of the you. show, you know, I, I was the one who I always wanted. I used to work with the government and I always wanted to start a podcast. And when my time in the government was ending, I was like, okay, not in the government anymore. I feel like I can be more open publicly. And I said, I'm going to pursue my dream of starting a podcast. And I was talking to Lily on the phone, trying to figure almost out almost every day. I mean, we were talking, I talked to Lily and Becky, particularly. Oh Lily my God. I don't, every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. I call, I call every day on my way to work. I call Lily. Um, and then uh, we'd always talk about whatever movies and TV we were Shows, watching yeah. and stuff like that. And then I said to Lily once, as we were breaking down, probably Sons of Anarchy or some show like that. And then I said, wait a minute, I think, I think this is the show. Let's call Becky and get and make sure she's in on it too. And thus that became the that's how the that's so origin cool. story of the of the show. Four years later, we haven't missed a week. Uh, our we missed one week on purpose that we we shut everything down um, for one specific week. But aside from that, we have not missed a show and probably That's have awesome. done more than once a week. I mean, Lily and Becky have both given birth at the end of one episode and then been back for the next episode. No way. <laughs> I mean, famous story. I recorded an episode, went to the hospital, had a C-section and was back for the next episode. <laughs> oh, is- my God. That's incredible. Yeah. That is that is accurate. Seriously, that's very amazing. Accurate. I was very hungry that morning when we were recording, <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to eat prior to the season. Uh, I just remember that. Very, very dedicated, very dedicated. That's well, real dedication. Okay, Meryl Davis is yes. going to be at the Fringe Thank Festival, you. and who's going to be yes, at the I'm... Lyric Hyperion this weekend. Yes. Um, where can people follow you? You can follow me uh, on Instagram. That's my main my main source. Uh, it's it's at Meryl Meryl on the wall. Such a great. Um, I so love great. that. I'm so jealous long. of people I love who it. have such smart names I love it. for their. I just was thinking like, this is a portrait app. <laughs> um, and then it's also a very uh, narcissistic app. But anyway, um, or it can be. Um, but yeah, I, prom- I promote all my shows and most everything on Instagram. And then my uh, my Facebook is Meryl Davis and my Twitter is Meryl Davis. So um, yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. And that'll all and be in the I, show I'm notes. putting together a website, you know, oh, cool. um, only a million years later. Uh, yeah. All, all the links will be, all the links will be in the in the show notes so thank you for having me i feel like i talk too much no it was amazing really for sharing and opening up and perfect can't wait to see your show oh i can't Can't wait wait. for you to come i'm excited and uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) lily lily where can people follow you shabbat that is true lily where can people follow you and this episode airs on Shabbat in the morning. Ah, so exciting. Before Shabbat. Um, I mean, the, all the episodes come, well, mo- the weekly episodes come out on Friday. That's yeah. A, the main episodes um, of the week. You can follow me, but I think not much, you won't be following very much on Twitter. <laughs> um, it's not very much to follow. Chichi K Gomez, C-H-I-C-H-I-K Gomez. And um, Meryl, you can follow me on Instagram, but 
but nobody else can. I'm going to. Just narrow. Lillian and Becky are locked down on Instagram. But yeah. Yeah. Can't handle um, that kind of anxiety. It's too much anxiety for me. At Paper you guys BK so Princess. The trick. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Brandon. No, they at Paper <laughs> Bay. It's it, you know, it's better you talk over me. It's not it's not worth saying my Twitter. No, I handle. wanna hear. I wanna no, hear. It's, there's nothing. No, tell me so I can follow it's, you. Don't okay. At Paper Bay at, at Paper BK Princess on Twitter. But um <laughs> but uh yeah, you know what? You can follow me and the joke's on you, Meryl. So your Instagrams you are are but you can follow no, me on instagram. instagram i just don't yeah. do my instagram handle on here but there's okay. at some point there's gonna be a breaking point at some point you know the thing is i just want all the likes so yeah i'm already well, you following you i'm already I'm following, following you, you. Okay, so, i'm gonna follow you guys back you don't have to follow us back we don't want to mess with your ratio with your ratio you can, you can you, by the way when like you all three of us about plus that? the podcast a lot it's like four everyone should know like some of our favorite people follow meryl back etta divine follows meryl and she's uh, one of our oh she's great i love it she's, she's one, of our, love, we oh, love well, she's one of our all-time yeah. favorite friend of the pod yes friends of the podcast gabe and uh, gabe and etta have been on many times they used to do the meryl davis fans. show back in the day when uh i had chelsea handler on it i had Natasha Leggero, I had Whitney Cummings, I had, wow. you name it, I had them on my show when I first started. Um, and they were on it all the time. It's just, they were so good. They're so funny. They are so funny. Yeah. That, that is awesome. Um, yeah. We love a lot. They are just the They're most great people. Yeah. Uh, and you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table, Pancake for Table on Twitter and Instagram at Friday Night Movie for all of our podcast shenanigans or friday night movie pod.com where you can sign up for we're get we're, we're just about hitting less than twice a year newsletter which is i feel like this is what people want when they sign up for newsletters as little newsletter as possible and uh, um the theme music is by what does it eat and um we'll dance our way into the evening thank you so much to our guest meryl davis for being thank here. you so much thank you guys you, it was thank such you. a pleasure talking to you thank you for having me My husband and I were driving home and it's like about an hour, we were an hour away. And he's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And he's like rushing me and rushing me. And I'm like, God, okay, like, let's go, let's go. And as we're driving, he's like speeding. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, I only have my prescription sunglasses and it's getting dark. Oh <laughs> I can't God, see. That's hilarious.